Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Shred Show Live, where we bring you industry professionals, entrepreneurs, and the best of the best from around the world who are willing to share how they shred, the strategies, the techniques, and the actionable items that you need in your business to go out and dominate. Join us as we shred, show up, hustle, repeat every day. Let's go. What is up? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of Rise and Shred. You can see I've got Jacob Gaffney. I've got special guest Chris Whalen coming with us this morning. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, we got a discussion for you. We're talking MSRs. We're talking Fed tapering. We're talking our thoughts of the NBA because we're here at day two, and there's so many things, so many conversations that are happening. You're not going to want to miss it. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? It is time to Rise and Shred. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> we're we're looking at our producer, and he is saying that something is not up. So we're gonna go right into it. We're not even gonna do our intro because here we're live. This is what we do. We're Let's gonna roll right it. into it. Let's roll. With so it. I mean, there's a lot, Jacob. First mm-hmm. off, I want to start with this because um, we're gonna get into MSRs, the the bullishness of that and yeah. that. But what are your thoughts so far on NBA being here day two now? What's your thoughts thoughts the first day? It's been really interesting to see people again for a long time. Uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to meet. Uh, I wonder how it's going for everyone else. It feels like there's uh, a lot less of the uh, panel discussions, the importance of the panel discussion. Seems there's a lot more emphasis on meeting and greeting and hanging out and being together. And mm. whether or not that's going to make for a good, useful conference, I mean, you guys say it's going good for you guys, right? So yeah. that works. So Chris, that what about you? Well, I think I think Jacob's absolutely right. We're making up for lost time. Uh, There's an awful lot of people who needed to get face to face to talk about business. And I think it just shows you how strong the market remains right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are fighting harder and harder for loans because uh, volumes are falling. The MBA has predicted that. And so, you know, I think it's a good time still. But, you know, let's face it, the wholesale channels that break even right now. Uh, retail is more and more painful for people because it's expensive. Yep. Um, and the call center is driving, I think, a lot of the interest because people want refis. They're looking for that last loan that they can refinance. Well, because it was such a banner year in 2020. People, have, I mean, mm-hmm. we saw volumes, we saw lenders, we saw originators just happy and fat and happy. And so, but we're going to start to see that, which that's what we're, I'm excited to get into this discussion this morning in, in regards to the bullish MSR. So let's kind of talk because you really, when it comes to that, Chris, you really, just have this expertise and knowledge. You're part of these discussions. So I want to, before we get into craziness of it, define MSR. I mean, just for all of our kind of breaking this down, for those who don't know what an MSR is, break it down for us real quick. Well, uh, an MSR or a mortgage servicing right is basically represents the fact that you're going to get a fee every month for taking care of the loan. Bingo. On a conventional loan, it's 25 bips. On a FHA loan, it typically is around 32 once you kick back some of it to <laughs> Uncle Sam. So, you know, it, it's basically the part of the business that's least visible. Yep, Every, right. Everybody knows about lending. Everybody knows about mortgage securities. But it's the asset that is typically retained by the lender, especially the big guys. Now, 80, probably 85 percent of all mortgage companies in the U.S. sell their servicing. Mm-hmm. They they have to. They need the cash. Yeah, of course. And especially now, you're starting to see a lot of issuers who managed to retain some assets last year sell because the prices are so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at the point now where just based on the cash flows from the asset, they're going for maybe five times annual cash. 
125 basis points. On its face, that's too high. Mm -hmm. It's not a profitable trade. But you got to remember that the option to refinance that consumer is worth a lot of money. And right now, that's what people are fighting over. So is that the bullishness we're seeing right now? Yes. Yes, because there are a lot of buy side investors who've been acquiring these assets and they work with a servicer. But you're also starting to see some of the bigger players who have good call centers come back and pay up for those assets because they want to try and refinance them. Right. They're going to go through every one of those loans and contact the borrower. Well, that's what I and mean, we've heard a lot about this. Jacob and I talked about it yesterday on Rising Shred. We're starting to see some of these bigger banks start to pull out. I mean, how does this affect them? Oh, no, the banks are in there. The banks are buying. I, I heard yesterday the from a, a, yeah, yeah. a major player that Chase has been buying. But they're pulling out of the buying. origination side. So we're seeing the shift. I wouldn't say they're pulling out. They're, they don't care about the bottom third of the consumer market in terms of credit. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. They care about the affluent borrower in the Fannie Freddie market, not FHA. They don't care about FHA at all. Hmm. And they're not coming back. I can't okay. tell you how many people ask me about that. They're not coming back. Why is that, Chris? There's just too much perceived risk. And also banks are not good at servicing Ginny May uh, Securities. Uh, That's a non-bank business. And it's a good partnership. The banks fund it. The non-banks take care of it. And I I think that's the way it is for the future. Uh, That's an interesting take. Jacob, what do you, when it comes to this, I mean, again, we we share a lot in Rising Shed. We're discussing this from the talk around the NBA, but this is is definitely something you've heard of too right now. Well, I think there's a couple of things there that that there are concerns about. One, uh, and Chris will correct me if I'm uh, wrong, in the MSR market, the the risk is when the loan goes into... uh, delinquency. Sure. It's not paying. It's hard to advance cash when you're not getting it from the borrower. Uh, so I think that's where the perceived risk comes in. I think that there's a wholesale failure of the lending market to reach these people who need it the most. It's sure. again where we're offering credit where credit is needed the least. And so there's a larger, broader kind of political discussion there that we can't get into today. Well, and the Biden administration is trying to address that. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is that loan to a low FICO borrower, even if they put 20% down, it's going to get inferior execution when you try and sell it. And what if the government today is telling you to do that loan when the government in four years from now is going to call you a predatory lender for doing that loan? Yeah, well, not only that, but remember, we're migrating people Mm -hmm. from FHA over to Fannie and Freddie because home prices have gone up. Right. So there is a future problem there for the industry if Fannie and Freddie start looking at those loans that are currently being refied out of FHA into a GSE loan. And then they'll come back to you and say, oh, well, you didn't make sure the employer was still existent before mm-hmm. you closed the loan or, or whatever. Right. So being a future problem, I, I'm glad you bring that up, Chris. How do we start addressing, like, is it something that's not being discussed? Is it something that we should be looking into more? Well, as we say on Wall Street, the two is often more important than the 20, okay? <laughs> and the last thing that managers uh, do is give you a heads up for medium to long-term risk. They're about today. Mm-hmm. And so people in the industry today are trying to make hay as much as they can because they know volumes are going to fall. They're not worried about tomorrow. You know, the mortgage industry is about taking from Peter to pay Paul. Sure. So you see, you know, default expenses going up. You see, you know, a cash need to go out and do loss mitigation. Yep. They try and make more loans to to just stay ahead of the shark, if you will. (laughs) Or maybe it's an angry grizzly bear, but whatever it is. (laughs) We'll we'll think of the right metaphor. This is an industry that works on very tight, very tight working capital. They're not banks. Well, that's something that that's really interesting. You bring that up. They're not banks because sometimes, what, I mean, being at the MBA, you know, you brought up a point kind of even defining what is a banker in itself? Like what is a mortgage banker? The uh, This conference has changed a lot in the 10 years that I've been going to it. Uh, it's, it's seen a lot. We've seen protesters break in. Uh, we've seen uh, several top CEOs change hands. 
Uh, we've seen uh, the uh, CEOs du jour, uh, Fannie and Freddie, give talks about basically what we know they're doing anyway. So it's been very interesting to see. Um, but what I like to hear more and more about is when people like Chris have those one-on-ones, those sure. high-level discussions. And Chris, I know you've been talking to some powerful people in the industry, the ones who don't speak on the panels, the ones who don't walk around the floor. Tell me right. about how those conversations are going. Well, I think overall, um, the big focus going into next year is expense management. Hmm. The people they hired last year to take care of the big surge in volumes are now having to trim, which mm-hmm. is always a very painful process for the industry because you want to keep them. If you hire a bunch of good loan underwriters, you want to keep them, but they're a high cost item. So I think expense management is probably number one. And they're still waiting to see what Ginny Mae does with the new eligibility requirements, which could be a big, big problem uh, in the industry. And there's some other issues coming down the road. It was interesting that FHFA just said that they're not going to revisit the capital requirements for issuers until at least next year. So that was good. but I think overall, people have taken a deep breath, Jacob. I don't know if you agree in, in terms of not having to worry about the unexpected that we used to get from Director Calabria. I think under uh, Sandra Thompson, you're going to have a much more measured and predictable process mm-hmm. where you know what she's going to do. You know, She's a very professional lady. She's been in finance for her whole career. And I think she understands that you don't need instability. You don't need surprises in this business. And I think that's one thing that we need more than anything. And I'm glad you bring that up because I think there's been so much chaos and going out of 2020 where it's such a banner year. We need a little more stability. We need a little more reassurance, which was something they mentioned in the NBA. You know, was mentioned the the CEO or president of NBA announced it from a stage yesterday. Kind of almost an NBA reassurance of what's kind of the outlook of the future of the industry. Well, you know, an interesting COVID point. Uh, the folks from the FHFA and the GSEs came. The folks from HUD didn't come. Oh, they have a, they have a travel ban. Interesting. interesting. I was going to say, how does that play into it? Well, I guess we'll have to wait to see them. <laughs> so, Jacob yeah. does mention something. Chris, you are revered and respected as one of the people in our industry. You have so many incredible conversations. You have been in this for so long. You understand it. What else? Uh, what are these other conversations that you're having that's insightful for us that we should be sharing with the audience today? Well, I think the other big question in the back of everybody's mind is what is the Fed going to do? Sure. Are they, in fact, going to stop buying mortgage backs? Uh, they are going to continue to buy treasuries. Yep. So I yep. think I wouldn't worry so much about the 10-year treasury going to 3%, which I've heard people talk about. I was going to say, I've heard that. Oh, uh, sure. But there was a lot of risk last quarter. The entire yield curve moved. And if you talk to people who run hedge desks and take care of the sales process for mortgage lenders, it was a tough, it was a tough month because they didn't expect it. We've been in a market where rates were down, they were staying down, the Fed had their hand on it, you know, just holding it down. And I think in the new world, you're going to have private investors buying that volume, whether it's conventionals or govies. And you're going to have investors who are a little more sensitive to things like prepayments and defaults. Sure. The central banks don't care. They have to buy. Right. Mm-hmm. Even the banks, they have to buy this stuff for their treasury, right? Yep. So what we're really wondering is, will rates go up a lot if the Fed stops buying? My sense is no because of the competitive issue. Ultimately, mortgage lenders set mortgage rates. We can't do anything about the big market, and we can't do anything about how that affects, say, TBAs, Mm. the forward market for loans. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the competitive pressure on this industry, I think, is going to be intense. We have way way too much capacity. Oh, that's an interesting... I love that statement by Chris. There you go. I say there's some competitiveness going on. Is that good in the forward market? Do you think that in the competitive nature that we are, is that good for the industry? 
it's nothing we could do about it. The volatility comes to us from the Fed. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they are the ones who push rates down and now rates are going to go up a bit. And then I think later they're going to go back down. I did that interview uh, with Stan Middleman. You know, he's pretty bullish on volumes going out two, three years. Mm-hmm. In fact, he thinks the home price uh, cycle on the upside is going to continue till 2025. Oh, well, there you go. An outlook that extends past. As, yep. So we've only been able to give you the outlook for next year. We're getting an outlook years, years. into the future. Years. Crystal Ball. I say Crystal Ball. Chris Whaler. <laughs> so much more to come. Guys, again, we're just getting started. We want a huge shout out to Chris for joining us. And as we mentioned before, the three of us, so much more to come. Huge shout out to Jacob for the entire team. Huge shout out to our good friends at NBA allowing us to be here and again getting part of the conversation, giving you the information that you need to know to continue to be successful, to know what's going to happen, especially from Mr. Crystal Ball himself over here. I like how you mentioned that, Mr. Chris. Chris Whalen, meet Crystal Ball. Guys, we appreciate it. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. And much more to come from NBA. We're going to do a day three wrap-up tomorrow morning right here. You can expect us here. With that, guys, as always, we appreciate you. We love you. Now it's time for all of you to go rise and shred. Go show up, hustle, repeat every day. See ya.